Welcome to the Friday Night Ohio podcast powered by Sarda. I'm Cliff Hickman of the Cant Repository along with Joe Scalzo of the Rep. And we're previewing Friday night in week seven. And to start things off, Joe, we have a huge game in the Federal League. We have McKinley at Jackson, a game you are going to be out at this week. Yeah, um, obviously both teams, uh, the only unbeatens left in the Federal League, both 3-0, and uh, both 5-1 and overall. And and uh, the interesting thing about this game is just that it's been so long since Jackson has beaten McKinley. I think it's 2007, so that's 11 games in a row. And and uh, I think this, this year... I mean, the way Jackson's play, they, they have to be considered um, the favorite in this one. They've just played great football other than, than losing to Mayfield. And and uh, I, I would think, you know, the winner of this game is probably, you know, going to be at least a shared champion. Um, the Federal League's always a little bit wacky, and I'm sure Perry will probably insert, uh, you know, itself in, in, the, in the discussion as well. But... Um, you know the winner is going to probably feel good about at least getting a, you know a share of this of this league title this year. And you mentioned Jackson playing really well coming into this. McKinley still putting up points though. What's the over under on how long this uh, game's going to take? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because um, you, you know I think of these two teams as teams that take a long. You know their games usually end late and they they throw a lot. Jackson doesn't throw it very much at all. Uh, McKinley is starting to throw it a little bit more, but they're a little bit more run heavy. So you know, like you said, it could be a game that that ends fairly soon and. Um, you know, it's just it's going to be interesting to see if if uh, you know if the McKinley team that we that we've seen you know they they have a, a really high ceiling but they haven't reached it yet so their ceiling is probably a little bit higher than Jackson they just haven't been consistent and um, you know just every game there's a couple big plays they give up and a couple of mistakes on you know special teams they had two kicks blocked last week one field goal one extra point so um, sometimes in these games it just you know it's not just about beating the other team it's about not beating yourself now well, Jackson did get an extra point last week I was there for that game against uh, Glenno Glenno cut the first touchdown they blocked the extra point and then it was all Jackson <laughs> and you mentioned they do like to run they can throw though uh, Jake Ryan is an absolutely you could just see it he flashes when he does get the ball in his hands yeah, I, I think um, he, he probably won't be the Federal League Player of the Year just because he doesn't um, get the ball enough. Um, maybe he will. I mean, I don't know. Lemire Garrett's probably the, the front runner at this point, although if he has a, you know, if Jake Ryan's a big game. But I, I, I would think, you know, you could make a pretty solid argument that he's the best player in the, in the Federal League and maybe not the best college prospect. I mean, he's, you know, he's obviously a Division One type guy, but um, best high school football player, I think, is Jake Ryan. Absolutely. So uh, a lot of things to watch there. Some of the best players in the area. And that's also going to be our radio game of the week. I'll have more information on that later. But here's another big Federal League game. Uh, two teams that definitely want to get a win here, Joe. Hoover at Lake. These are, yeah. This is one both of them, I think, really need to have. You know, it's funny. Two, two weeks ago, um, when Lake was playing Jackson at home, I... Uh, I texted Joe Bogdan, um, the athletic director at Lake, and I said, you know, if, if Lake were to win the next two games and if Hoover were to win the next two games, I mean, you'd be talking about having people sitting on the grass at, uh, you know, this, at Lake Blue Streak Stadium, um, which doesn't happen very often. But um, now, instead, both teams are on two-game losing streaks. They're both very much in the playoff hunt, although Hoover, uh, you know, they have three losses. A fourth one might not uh, it might not be a good situation there, you know, Lake, you know, has, has uh, two losses, but, um, 
yeah, I mean, I, I think both these teams are, are playoff teams. I think they're both really talented. Um, you know, just Hoover's defense has, has not really shown itself to be championship level, at, you know, this season. And <clears throat> I think they, you know, they tackle okay. They just don't really have a lot of playmakers. I think their best players on the offensive side of the ball. And, and I think for Lake, probably other than Dre Owens, their best players are on the defensive side of the ball. So that'd be interesting to watch. I think you're still going to get a good crowd for that one. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. Like you said, not sitting room only, but I still think that's going to have a, a pretty good attendance. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously they both have great fan bases yeah. and it'll be a fun night. Um, and it's supposed to be pretty warm. I think it's going to get cold on Saturday, but we, we might get one more really nice night here before the fall really hits us. Yeah, get out there and soak up whatever is left of the of the <laughs> summer because I fear it's about to all be gone soon if it isn't already. Yeah, I don't know how you feel, but when I walk out of here, it's, you know, at you know, at Friday nights at like one in the morning, I don't want to be cold. I want to. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. So that's. I mean, it's still nice in the afternoon, but. Um, I miss the warm nights. That's what I miss most about summer. Absolutely. You go through a hard day and then you walk out and you go, mm, thank you, you know. <laughs> or if you had to scrape frost thank off you, your Thank you, sir. Windshield. May I have another? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's not it for the Federal League. We've got Green at Perry. Green coming off a close loss to Central Catholic. That was a little bit surprising to me. And Perry... Uh, got a win over Hoover last week. So this is uh, maybe a couple teams trending in different directions, although it's kind of dangerous to say that. Well, Perry always seems to be trending up yeah. at the end of the season, don't they? Just, they always do. <laughs> this is the 900th year in a row under Kate Wakefield that they're getting better. and, and uh, uh, They always seem to have – he has the magic beans, whatever they yeah. are. And they're just they're just tough and physical. They run for four hundred yards, I think, last week against Hoover, and and I'm, I imagine that you're not going to see them throw it a whole lot against Green either. They're going to, and I'm sure they'll be rooting for Jackson. Um, I mean, sorry, rooting for McKinley to get that win so they can get back in the you know, to kind of a three way tie and control their destiny a little bit on the federal league uh, side of it. So, like uh, you said, things get strange in the federal league. <laughs> I could totally see that happening. It's a fun conference. It, it, it really is. It's like anybody could beat anybody, just about. Yeah, there's a couple exceptions. Yeah, and I mean, this year, obviously, that there's probably five um, really good teams, and then, you know, Green and Glen Oak are, are or wor- They're working on yeah. it. They'll get there, but uh, <laughs> this year, yeah. And bringing up Glen Oak, they've got another tough one, St. Vincent, St. Mary, uh, coming over to Glen Oak. I looked at the Golden Eagles last week. Uh, they do have some promising players. They're just super young. And it's going to take some time. The only thing we can say is that they used to be – there was a couple years where they were scheduling Ignatius at this point in the season. So at least St. Vincent St. Mary is a little bit better than that. Um, But, yeah, this is not a good matchup for them at this point where the the program is. And the problem is if you're Glen Oak – you can't really get an easy non-league schedule because everybody looks at how many kids and how good you've been. And so you're, oh, yeah. you know, it's, you're scheduling these teams. Of, it's tough. So. I will say I really did like LeSean Johnson. He got loose for a big touchdown run on their first drive. Jackson really kind of took him away after that. But I know Bo Balderson, the head coach, was really high on him as far as giving – constant effort no matter what the score is uh sounded like a really great kid and uh he's he's the guy they have there to to keep an eye on right now yeah i think he's looking for kids like that to say this is who we're looking you know be like this guy i think that's kind of the impression i got from him was that was the guy they were 
kind of pointing to is saying that's that's how you do it. Yeah, Jamil Randall is another guy. You know, he he's he's basically said I'm going to play effort guys over talent guys at this point. We're out of the league race, rather playoff race, and we're going to build this program on the right type of um, approach to the game. And you know, it, it's going to take a couple years, but if if that's what gets rewarded, you know. People are going to notice that and say, okay, that's what I have to do to get on the field. It worked for him before. I mean, he took over Jackson when it was it was not the Jackson you see now. <laughs> he kind of got that uh, primed and ready, and, and Tim Budd took it to the next level after uh, he went back to Marlington. But kind of a similar situation to where he was when he started over at Jackson. Yeah, I think that's exactly why he got the job, too, because I think they knew that they needed someone who has experience with, with uh, you know, taking the lumps but, but building the program so it's can sustain excellence over the long haul absolutely and we're gonna move on and take a look at the ebc in just a moment first the friday night ohio podcast is powered by sarda sarda providing over five thousand rides a day for work sarda provides over 2.4 million rides a year sarda takes you to work school medical appointments and more sarda where can we take you today Really only one big game, I would say, this week in the EBC, Joe. You have Alliance at Salem. Uh, this is You talk about one both teams need to have to stay in the conference race. If Salem loses this, they're probably out of the EBC title hunt. Alliance uh, can't really afford a loss here either if they want to repeat as outright champions because they have that Week 10 showdown with Marlington. So a really big game for both teams yeah and and amazingly alliance is right there um i think they might be eighth in the in the computer ratings even though they have three losses so um but you don't want to tempt fate there i mean i know they want to be playing bonus football you know when it comes in november so um like you said it's for alliance it's um you know it's the type of game they've been able to win the last few years and and, and salem it hasn't been able to do that so i think that's you know there's some doubters out there and this is a great opportunity for salem yeah the alliance run game has been working really well they have jeff talbert and of course big running back uh that certainly has the body type for it the numbers haven't been impressive is what they thought they might be but he has been good in the short yardage situations when they've needed it quarterback brandon alexander is a different story they've wanted him to try to throw more but when the run's working it's working and when you get a man of that size at six foot three in the open field that's that's a tough ask for ebc defensive backs to get someone like that on the ground yeah, I think it's so interesting how, like, you know, you can say, I want to do this or that, but when the game unfolds and something's working, it's really hard to to, to go away from that. Yeah. So I, I think that's going to be the key. Uh, Salem has uh, Nico Walder at quarterback. The Salem offense is always unique. I hear that every year. It's kind of like backyard football. They do some different things. So... That's going to be a fun matchup. And just taking a look at the rest of the EBC schedule, you have uh, West Branch at Canton South. Uh, West Branch coming off its first win. They got 28 points and a shutout win over Carrollton last week. I think uh, the stat I threw out in my pig view this week, West Branch had not held the team under 20 points before that shutout against wow. Carrollton last week. So apparently that loss to Minerva really got them motivated for that game. 
Yeah, I think that's probably what we wanted to see. Like, hey, what, what, what team are you going to be? Are you going to be the one that, that folds in after that kind of loss? Or are you going to come back and fight? And, and that's what they showed last week. Yeah, you have Brock Hillier there at quarterback who's playing really well. And then at Canton South, they're coming off that tough loss to Alliance. Uh, they've had a lot of success since they put Tyler Karavik in. It moved him from running back to quarterback. Uh, he got shut down pretty good last week, as did the rest of their offense. Uh, things should be a little easier this week, but I think there could be some scoring in this one, Joe. <laughs> I think that those teams are, are going to put up some points. Yeah, and I know how you felt, but when I looked went to pick this game, I was like, I don't, man, I don't know. That's a toss-up. <laughs> yeah. I would lean towards Canton South, personally. That's what I think um, I picked up, yeah, but... I really like Greg Reed, uh, as I've established. <laughs> it's actually a poster on my wall of Greg Reed there in the back of the office don't tell anybody but yeah usually all things being equal i'll default to i'll look at the head coaches and kind of yeah make that pick which is how i'm 10 games out of the race and behind <laughs> you so. you've gotten some nice upset wins though um, i do that I, I do make magic and somehow still find myself 11 games 10 and 11 games out every year well i think i took Carrollton to beat west branch last week so that shows you how how well much so did i <laughs> i thought i thought they were trending in totally different directions i looked at that score and and I can't figure it out. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? We're we're betting or we're predicting what seventeen year olds are going to do on a Friday night. So yeah, it's uh, <laughs> there's no sometimes there's no method to the madness. It just happens. Yeah, you've got Marlington and Minerva. Marlington uh, really came out, I think, and established themselves as the premier team in the EBC. Perhaps last week they took a twenty four zero lead over Salem. Had to hang on to win it, but still really impressive start. The running game, really working good. We've talked about C.J. Griner the last three years, and all you know his tools are still there. But Anthony Sabatino is just running wild. He's closing in on 1,000 yards already. I, I think I had him. I looked at his stats. He's close to 900 yards going wow. into this game. He's been over 150 the last several weeks. Uh He's definitely the guy to watch. And Nolan Hooker is another running back that they've wanted to get more carries. I think he had 50 yards and a touchdown last week. So when you came into the season, you thought the passing game was going to be their strength. And, and right now it's the running game that's really carrying Marlington along. Yeah, and, and this is an opportunity for them to, to just continue to build their depth too. I mean, I would think, no offense to Minerva, but I would hope, I think Marlington's hoping to, to get out to a big lead and, and maybe you know just kind of work on some things too so uh but you know ebc at the beginning of the year we thought alliance and, and marlington would would be the premier teams and it's kind of trending in that direction it certainly seems like it in minerva another tough game they had riverview last week and you looked at riverview record and, and thought well maybe they have a shot at this until you saw that riverview's losses came to teams with like a combined one loss all year. yeah so that ended up being a bit of a tougher matchup than expected and this is going to be a tough matchup for them that's a, a lot of weapons to try to cover but i feel like minerva's made a lot of big strides this year yeah it's been a nice season of progress for them and finally the non-conference game we mentioned Carrollton. things get no easier for the <laughs> warriors joe they're going over to central catholic who's coming off a win over green and uh, you threw out an interesting stat back in the department about central catholic a bit ago yeah, I think Mike Popovich dug this up. They haven't won back-to-back -back games since their state championship season. I think they ended with nine straight wins that year, um, which was 2016. And, and uh, you, you know, it's kind of like 
feast or famine with Central Catholic's schedule. They either play a team way bigger or, you know, here they're going to play Carrollton and even if they get a win, it's against an 0-6 team and you're not going to benefit a whole lot from from the, you know, computer point standpoint. So, um, you know, their schedule is always interesting to watch. Yeah, I think they they have an excellent shot of getting that consecutive win, though. Yeah, week. I think you're right. I think yeah. that streak will end uh, or that bad streak will end this week. Yeah. And we'd like to remind you the Goodwill Drive to Victory returns this season. Fans will be able to donate clothes and housewares at a donation trailer set up at a participating site. Donations will be sold in local Goodwill stores and support employment programs for people in our community with disabilities or other barriers to employment. Donate stuff. Help your school. Help our community. And now just uh, take a look at some other games in the area, Joe. Uh, Louisville at Cardinal Mooney is is one that uh, kind of sticks out as far as some of the other games on the schedule. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's not a typical Cardinal Mooney. They're not like a powerhouse statewide team, you know, and they're kind of suffering from what you see a lot over in the Miami Valley. Just everybody's a little bit down because of the population loss. So um, it's a good game for Louisville. I think it's a, a winnable game. Um, they get to play at a great stadium. It's Youngstown State Stadium, uh, Stambaugh Stadium. And, and uh, you know, another chance for them to keep building back into that playoff race. And, um, you know, this is – when you look at what, what Louisville is able to do with their independent schedule, this is one of those good games I think that they have – just because it's a quality team, but it's not a Carter Mooney team from 10 years ago that, that was, you know, just beating everybody. Yeah, Youngstown State's uh, stadium there is an experience I think everyone should have at least once. It is a, a nice venue. Mm-hmm. I worked as an, a, a cameraman in high school and found myself on top of the stadium, which <laughs> is a man afraid of heights I did not enjoy. It was a beautiful view, but I was afraid <laughs> I was uh, going to die. I don't know if people know this, the, the highest point uh, in Youngstown is on the, on top of that uh, that press box because like, the stadium's on a hill, so you were at the highest point in Youngstown. That's why the view was so nice but uh, so terrifying as well. But they have a nice, um, they just built a, uh, on the on the visitor side, they just built a big new like media center press box area. So um, they just keep making that stadium better. And so I think that'll be kind of a fun trip for Louisville. Fans. Yeah, I think they're going to really enjoy the facilities. If you're going to travel, that's a nice site to travel to. Mm-hmm. You're going to get a first rate experience. And then we have Gateway from Pennsylvania taking on Maslin. Uh, the Tigers continue to roll, and I don't think that is probably going to stop here. Yeah, but this is probably their their last test before the McKinley game. Um, Gateway is you know a really good team. I think they lost to Penn Trafford, uh, which uh, McKin- or Maslin beat earlier this year. So this is a quality opponent. This is a, a game that that you know unlike last couple weeks, they they should be in a game in the third or fourth quarter. And I think that's what Maslin needs at this point because. Um, you know, it's nice to, to be on a running clock and have your, your backups getting depth and everything. But, you know, for a team to win this year, they, I'm sure they want to get tested a few times before the playoffs. Absolutely. And Aiden Longwell continues to set records there yeah. and make all sorts of things happen. So, And, and we're going to have a story if you guys want to, you know, look at the Thursday paper about Cameron Blair from Sandy Valley, you know, getting close to Charles Babb's career touchdown record. I think he has 70 and Babb at 73 at Alliance, but Aiden Longwell's right there. He has 68. So 
Absolutely. You know, he could finish on top at the end of this year. So the problem is that Cameron Blair has another year in the next year. So Yeah, Cameron Blair is probably hitting triple digits barring some type of catastrophic injury. Yeah, especially to see how, how far they can go in the playoffs. I, I would hope they, you know, I think they want to get out of the first round and at least into the second after, you know, getting eliminated last year in the first round. And you mentioned them. They take on Strasburg. Our very own Mike Popovich is going to be down there checking that game out. So for all the news on the record, you can be sure to follow Friday Night Ohio.com will have all that for you. Yeah, and you can actually, if you want to Google uh, Charles Babb, I think you did a story about him going into the High School Football Hall of Fame a few years ago. Yes, another uh, fellow Alliance aviator. Talked to him as well as former head coach Ron Kuzieski and yeah, Charles Babb is a really nice guy. So yeah. that's uh, and that record looked really good at the time, but that's just how the game and offenses have changed. Yeah, I it, think there was a, a game at maybe it was a, uh, I forget who it was last week, but somebody threw like ninety times in Ohio. Yeah. in a game. So um, yeah, it's, <laughs> as as we trend more towards passing, it was a, it was inevitable. I think it's the fact that it's been there for thirteen years. Yeah, pretty that's incredible. pretty impressive. That's probably longer than than you think it would last. And it was going to take something like Cameron Blair because Bab was a four year starter. He started mm-hmm. right away as a freshman. And you have a, a similar situation with Cameron Blair, which has allowed him to put up some pretty crazy numbers overall. Yeah, I mean, although Justin Zwick, I think, is in the 60s. And, I mean, he played two seasons at Maslin, and obviously they, they were in the playoffs, you know, went pretty deep. But yeah. uh, that's still that's a, that's a, a lot big of number, work, especially in that era. <laughs> yeah, if you, I'm sure if you combine his Orville numbers from his first two years, he he's probably got some pretty eye popping stats. Yeah, that's uh, definitely that'd be a fun one to look up. Yeah, and we have this one. I think shocked both of us. We thought Northwest was uh, well on its way to a nice season. They got bit by the turnover bug last week in a Mm -hmm. uh, in a loss to cvca turned it over four times Uh, i guess one of those they the special teams has been strong all year for the indians but they lose a punt and they get an onside kick you know grabbed on them it's it was just one of those things and shane douglas got loose and and ran for a while this week they have triway which is coming off a win over manchester so yeah that's that's another this is a pretty dangerous game yeah i think if you're northwest you just like to hit the reset button and try again last friday like you said you know sometimes those games happen and and uh but yeah i mean and and, you know triway that's a that's a great win beating manchester i mean that's that team has been you know a pack seven power for 900 years so um this is this is a really good um this is a really good game they've had a lot of good games in this conference this year the pack seven's been really strong Mm -hmm. It, it really has uh, to, they've had a good year, Tusla. It's another one of those ones where it feels like any given week someone could beat someone else, except Orville. Orville seems to be the one that is separated. Yeah, they got the all Ohio running back. So, but you know, even Northwest gave him a great yeah, game exactly. two weeks ago. Northwest so. almost beat him. So it's like not out of the realm of yeah. possibility. It's it's been a fun year in the Pac Seven. So yeah, the EBC's down, but the Pac Seven's up, and that's how it balances out. Yeah, you you do get uh, some quality football there. We have Warren JFK at St. Thomas Aquinas. The Knights uh, trying to string together back-to-back wins. They needed a last-second touchdown last week to to come out with the victory on a on a Saturday game. Yeah, and, and they're playing a JFK team that's I think only about two or three years removed from a state championship. So that's a good, fun you know matchup at this point. And I think they were league rivals until Aquinas left the league. So. Um, 
yeah, another good one. This is I, I, to me, this is another one that, that shows like, hey, if, if Aquinas is a, a for real playoff team, they'll win this game. And and uh, you know, it, it's it's a, an opponent that that challenges them a lot, but um, isn't unbeatable or anything. So, and it's a, the return of the old. Uh, Northeast Conference White Division. There. So, uh, <laughs> I could never remember that, by the way. I'm kind of glad they lo- lost because I always had to look There's it up. There's probably more letters in there that I'm missing <laughs> that someone's yelling at their whatever li- like, device they're listening to. This like, what on. is this, the Lake Erie? Oh, no, that's not right. You know, that, yeah. So I think it was the North Coast Athletic League White Division okay. was, the, was the full name of that. It, it just hit me like a lightning bolt. <laughs> And someone is still probably yelling at their toaster that it took me that long to remember. Can you listen to the show on a toaster? I want to listen to the show on a toaster. I don't think I understand any technology above the toaster. I mean, are we really in America if we don't have Wi-Fi, Bluetooth capability in our toasters? <laughs> it probably does. There's probably like a Nest or Home, you know, that kind of yeah. thing like, where you can... Uh, you can use your phone to adjust the temperature of your toaster. Yeah, you can just kind of find the optimal setting on Siri or one Alexa. Like, you know, what's the perfect thing for mild brown toast? I'd like to apologize for listeners who have shut it off and, and just door. moved on with their lives. <laughs> and, well, yeah, we will uh, move on here. We mentioned it earlier, but the Akron Children's Hospital Friday Night Ohio.com game of the week continues. We have Jackson hosting McKinley this week just a big game as we've already talked about the live stream broadcast in partnership with iHeartRadio will be on FridayNightOhio.com and the FridayNightOhio.com app Uh, coverage will start at 7 p.m. our good friend Sam Berkwin will handle all the play-by-play stuff there so be sure to check that out and just any closing thoughts here, Joe? It's another jam-packed week. We're getting into the final stretch of the football season here, as hard as it is to believe. Yeah, and I think it's uh, for us. I don't know how uh, how it feels to play these games, but like you know, it's the point in that season where you're kind of just grinding through a little bit, and and uh, so it'd be interesting to see which teams not only um, make the playoffs, but which teams like really want to. You know, which ones are going to like pay the price that it takes, and this is a good week for that. Absolutely. And I think that's as good a note as we have to end on. It's it's going to come down to whoever wants it most, as uh, Joe Scalzo put it. We'd like to thank you for downloading and listening to the Friday Night Ohio podcast powered by Sarda. Sarda, providing over 5,000 rides a day for work. Sarda provides over 2.4 million rides a year. Sarda takes you to work, school, medical appointments, and more. Sarda, where can we take you today? This is a podcast from the Canton Repository Sports Department. Look for our next episode late Friday night or early Saturday morning. Uh, It'll be there. For Joe Scalzo, I'm Cliff Hickman. We will see you after a while. 